Welcome to the Art of Success Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Bozinski, and I'm excited to be interviewing personalities from all different backgrounds on how they've learned and earned success. Our goal is that the stories would equip you to achieve success both personally and professionally. Please note that there may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast. So if you're underage or listening with a child, please be aware of this. Lastly, please note that all the views, beliefs, and opinions are not always a reflection of the hosts. Okay, let's jump in. All right, Ian Proctor, welcome to The Art of Success. Thanks, Daniel. Excited to be on with you. Uh, Ian, you've always been one of my favorites in many ways. You were uh, one of the guests that was on the Dreamcast podcast. Now we've shifted it over to The Art of Success. And recently, even watching a lot of your uh, Facebook videos, it's remarkable not only the life that you're building for your family and yourself, but the processes and the disciplines and how simple I think you know how to package and wordcraft the wisdom that you've learned and that you've lived. So thanks for taking time with us. Uh, where, where are you at in life? Since we've last talked uh, on the podcast specifically, catch everybody up with who you are and what you do and all those great things. Sure, sure. Well, again, I, it's my pleasure to be on and uh, always excited to be talking about ideas and growth and passion and the things that really move our world forward. And man, I, I'm just a normal guy, right? Like you knew me before any of the success and different things. And, and you know, I'm just a normal guy who you know, found a better way. And <laughs> I've been a student for the last 13 years of success, success thinking, the habits that create success, why we work the way we work, you know? So the financial business is doing fantastic. Uh, have expanded that out into a brand new book, which we're going to be talking about today in some detail, and some ancillary things related to that. And, and you know, business is fantastic. Life is great. And I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Well, I, I really don't BS when I say it. Ian, you are one of my favorite people to listen to. Uh, and I don't really go on social media to consume. But when I do, I'm thankful that it's intentional. And you've got this new book out called Byproduct, right? And you've got like a period between, you got by period, prod period, and oct. So kind of talk to us about why the book, what's the intention of it? What's the, you know, the craftiness of when and how you created this book. Talk to us about kind of the initiation of why you put time and energy to develop something like this. Sure. Well, the book, ironically, Daniel, in and of itself is a byproduct. It's a byproduct of 13 years of dealing with people and business and growth and leadership and building big teams of people and all the things that I learned along the way, right? And so in all the, the tools that I picked up, all the uh, prodigious noticing I've done of thousands and thousands of people and why some win big, some don't win at all. Some have moderate levels of success. Some people want to win, but don't. Some people could win, but don't. And other people <laughs> you wouldn't suspect would win, go on and win in huge ways. And, and why? Why is it? What causes those things? Yeah. And so the arsenal that I built and accumulated of leadership knowledge over those 13 years, the book really was a byproduct. It was an outcome of those things. I didn't set out to write a book. I set out to win. And in the process of winning, I learned some processes that create consistent wins. And so that's really what the book is about. And for a number of years, I've really felt on my heart to be able to go and, and to put the things I've learned in, in a decade of, of, you know, battlefield leadership, so to speak, out there in American business 
and to put the things that I've learned down for other people to condense time frames. You know, one of the things about books yeah. is it allows you to take somebody's entire life or a period of life and to take the most important messages, the most important ideas, and to boil them down into three or four or five hours, right? And and that's why the human race continues to move forward is what took somebody their entire life to learn, we can use and accumulate and start applying in a few hours. And so I really felt like I was supposed to, to write what I've learned down. And, you know, for a couple of years, I put it off. I put it off. It just wasn't the right time, wasn't the right time. And about November of 2018, last year, I really felt that kind of urge to just start writing, get it down on paper. And so the, the book started. The book started. And the name of it, Byproduct, actually, again, came about from the fact that it it is a byproduct. The book is the byproduct yeah. of the business that I've built and all the things that I've learned. And our lives, Daniel, are really byproducts. Where we live, our, the quality of our health, the quality of our relationships, our financial well-being, they are all byproducts of our thinking, our belief, and our actions. Those things beget one another. Thinking always eventually begets a belief. The belief is the byproduct of yeah. the thought. Action is always a byproduct of our belief. What we believe about something creates action or inaction, right? So the action's a byproduct, and the result is the byproduct of the action, right? And so many like people that. are so focused on the result, Daniel. They're so focused on the outcome. I want to lose 40 pounds. I want to grow my business. I want to do these things. They set these goals around the outcomes, really not understanding that those outcomes are byproducts of earlier pieces in the process. Hmm. And so we chase the result instead of chasing the building blocks of the result. And at best, we're met with temporary success. And I see that all the time. I, I see people that can win for a little while. They can win at a limited level. But eventually, they just go back to who they were before. Wow. Right? It's that person that drops the weight. And a year later... They, they've got it all back and then some. What happened? They were chasing the outcome instead of chasing the inputs and letting the inputs create the byproduct of the outcome, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> and, and so, That's killer. So, so what I found in this decade of leadership is that when we focus on the inputs, when we focus on the things that create the reaction to yield the result we want, we'll have the result we want automatically. It's not work anymore. It's not something we need to think about and work on. It's quite natural, just like what we have in our life is quite natural. Like, Daniel, you didn't have to get up today and give yourself a pep talk about what it's like to be Daniel Bidzinski. Mm -hmm. And this is how Daniel should act, and this is what Daniel should do. You just get up and you go about your day. Why? because it's the natural byproduct of who you are. The thoughts you think, the beliefs you hold, the actions you take, gives you what you do every single day and what you got. It's the most natural thing in the world. Right. And yet most of us aren't directing that process. And that's what the book is about. The book is about how do we get a hold of this process that is happening all the time and totally naturally. It's not something you have to learn. It already exists. Everybody listening to this right now is using the byproduct process that I talk about in the book. The problem is most of us don't realize we're using it 
And secondly, we're not directing it. It's directing us. And if we can get a hold of what it is, how it works, I believe what's in this book here is absolutely life-changing uh, to the people who read it and take a hold of it, to direct their lives into the outcomes that they want and to do it naturally and to create long-lasting, effective, permanent change. Not temporary change, not behavior change, true change. That's good, man. Gosh, that's so killer. All right, so talk to me about some of the major takeaways of the book and the process. I, I'm sure that some people say, well, what do I do if my whole life is dictated by my calendar and I don't control my calendar? Or like, I'm sure you're, you're answering a lot of objections sometimes. What are the objections that you get with this process and focusing on that granular piece, right? That well, day at a time. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, so so what I would say to the person who says, well, my life is subject to my calendar. I'm not really in control of it. This sounds nice. Well, that's really a belief. You have a belief that that's how your life needs to be, but that's probably not a true belief. There's a lot of other things that you could be doing with your time, your career, that are really choices, right? Choices that you could make that would free you up from that, right? So that's a great limitation, that somebody might argue and try to defend, but it really is just a, it's a belief and that belief could change. And, and the result of being tied to the calendar at other people's mercy, that would change as well. If those underlying beliefs change, you said, well, I don't have to do this. I could do thing A or thing B or thing C to be financially okay. I could start my own business. I could sell something online. I could consult and get away from the corporate grind, whatever, and, and all those things I would have more time and more control of time, right, then you could take those corresponding actions. So that that ties perfectly in. So, so the biggest thing I want you guys to understand, I call it T-bar, T-bar, T-B-A-R, and it's the byproduct process of thoughts becoming beliefs, becoming actions that ultimately become our results, right? And most people, That's Daniel... Good. They try to change their action because it's kind of common sense, right? It's the, in the T-bar process. It's the closest thing to the result, right? If I eat less and work out more, I'll lose weight. And that's totally true for a while, right? For a while. But the real question is, why didn't you value eating less and working out to begin with? What caused us to get overweight? And the answer is, it lies in our thinking and our beliefs about wow, health, there's about so wellness. much more, right? Or you hit a dip yeah. and you're going through a marital struggle and you start giving up because they're giving up and all this. There's so many other things that can cause and affect this. This is killer, man. Keep going. And that's really what the book is about. It's about cause and effect and really connecting the dots between what happens in life and why that happens. Because most people are clueless as to what's happening to them. They're, they, they're not living the life they wanted to live, but they honestly just don't know why. And right. they're not ever really stopping to examine the thinking that has created their belief systems and the belief systems that have created their action, right? Like talking about your guy uh, or gal that you'd mentioned, you know, they're tied to the calendar. Well, they came up in a thinking process that said, this is how your life's going to be. This is just what you do. You go to school, you get good grades, you get uh, into college and you go get a good job and that's what you do. And those are the downsides of a job, but that's what happens. That was our thinking that created our belief. So what did we do? We acted on the belief. We got good grades. We got into a good college. We went out to a big company. We started climbing the corporate ladder. We acted on the beliefs 
the beliefs were formed by the thinking that was given to us in the environment that we're at, right? And so we yep. never challenge those things, and yet we have a result that says, well, I don't have enough time, I don't own my time, uh, you know, I'm not financially where I want to be because I don't have ownership, I don't have a recurring income source. So I've done all these things right, but I'm still not getting the right results. I'm still not happy where I am. I'm still not fulfilled. And we never stop to think about what caused that. Well, that is a, a an outcome. It's a byproduct of the action, belief, and thinking before it. And if we want that outcome to change, and it can change, and that's the great part about, right. about this book, is that it's changeable at any time by anybody who chooses to go in and examine the thinking and beliefs that caused the actions that got us to where we are. And and not just change the action, because if all we do is change the action, Daniel, the problem is this. All we've done is insert a new action on top of a naturally occurring action pattern that's there. But it's still right? so, there's still a level of dysfunction still there. in it's our still there. Yes, that is right. killer. And then we get even weirder results, right? Because we're, we're, we're doing what we think we should be doing to change the action, but our thinking and our beliefs aren't in alignment, and we get out of alignment. And then we have all sorts of guilt and shame, and should I really be doing that, or it shouldn't be that hard, or whatever happens, because the thinking that created the negative action is still there, creating the desire for that negative action, even though we temporarily might be taking a, a better action. And so we ultimately will always divert back to our natural byproduct process when there's stress, when there's a health issue, when there's a relationship issue, when something diverts our attention from watching that change in behavior, eventually we go back to our autopilot programming, which has gotten us where we are in life. So if we want to change where we are in life, we've got to change that autopilot programming. Yeah. And there's a simple, simple way to do it. It's simple to do. Uh, but most people, again, they're not even they're not even aware that that's going on, let alone that they have any control over it and that they could direct it to change the direction of their lives. So here's so this is what's popping in my mind right now. <clears throat> so you saw talk about changing the autopilot programming. There's two major questions and kind of the first one plays into the second one. But byproduct is about the process. But does it also highlight and talk about those that don't really know what they want. And let me explain that. A lot of people say they know what they want, but my brother actually said this to me one time. I, I, I'll never forget it. He said, very few people know what they actually want. Because a lot of times we want what other people want, or we want what we think other people want, or we sure. want what other people have. or we. And a lot of the times then, when you go back to your T-bar example, we're all screwed up and messed up in the head because we haven't even gotten our thoughts and beliefs in line with the results. We're either focused on the actions or we're focused on simply the results. And it's like, so I guess, do you help coach people on how to even get their thinking in line with a principle level of openness and creativeness, I guess, that allows... Absolutely. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. So there's an entire section uh, uh, in the book, Daniel, called Who We Are. So there's this byproduct process that's happening in everybody's life. T-bar, thoughts, beliefs, actions, results, right? But who we are and how we relate to those things is different for everybody. And I talk about the phenomenon that you're describing is people don't understand what they want, right? It's like that Mark Twain quote that said, I could help anybody get what they want, 
I just can't find anybody that knows what they want. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and I call it lying about your why. I say most people lie about their why. Why are they doing something? What's important to them? And you hit it right on the head. They're parroting something that they think sounds good. Yeah. I want to help the orphans in this country or I want to end this or I want to do, I want to retire. Or I want to be parents. rich or just simply even yeah, that. You're or, starting or, off your relationship with money on the wrong. That's Money is the output, right? You're going to be very wealthy if you kind of get that in the right place and know why you're doing that. I like correct. that a lot. So, so, you know, so many people, they just parrot what they think sounds like a good reason to be doing something, but it's really not their reason. Dude, and so that, that's really tied into belief of why you're doing something, what it means to you to be doing that, why it's important. Most people don't, don't understand that. And so because they don't understand that, when they're met at the action level with resistance, they'll stop because there's no compelling belief underneath that's pushing them through the adversity, right? That's pushing that's them good. beyond that temporary struggle. So there's a whole section in the book, Daniel, that, that just talks about who we are, how we lose, how we process losses, how we win, how we process winning, and how we apply that knowledge to this, to this T-bar process, right? So that we don't go off track because if we interpret things in the wrong way, if we don't understand really who we are and how things are working, then it's easy to, to think about it like this, Daniel. The problem with the T-bar process is it works so well and it's working all the time that it actually provides almost a circular truth or a circular reasoning. Let me give you an example with this, okay? So we have a negative, a negative thought that says, you know what, I'm just... Uh, I'm just not very lucky. Success has a lot to do with luck. I've seen a lot of people work hard. They weren't successful. So it must have something to do with an outside phenomenon, not an inside phenomenon. And that's the thinking process. So our belief is, well, success isn't really up to me completely, or maybe even any at all. It's right place, right time. You could be the right person, but still not have the results. And these are the underlying beliefs. So then you have an opportunity to be successful, but you don't take action in the amount or the length of time or the consistency that you need to take that action in to really be successful. Hmm. Why? Because you don't really believe that what you do has the total bearing on the outcome. And so what happens? So you're, you're met you with limited success. Luck. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're, you're met as a result with limited success and that reinforces the first thought that success is really up to luck and it may not be for me and I could put in work and not win, right? So the problem with T-bar is the result is always the byproduct of the thinking that created it. And so the result reinforces the thinking. See, I told you so. No, wait, wait, slow I down now. Let's, let's say this again. The result is the byproduct of, of the, the thinking, thinking and then you said something I, else. And the yeah, thinking so the, so, so the reinforces. Result ultimately... Yeah. Keep going. The, the result is a byproduct of the thinking that was yep. creating belief, that created action, that created the result. The result is ultimately the byproduct of the thinking. The problem with that for most people, Daniel, the reason they're not aware of this or aware of you know, how they relate to it is if the result is a byproduct of the thinking, then it appears to be correct to you. 
right? Does this make sense? You're, you're, yeah. Even though your thinking might be wrong and it's giving you wrong results, the results are exactly what should have happened from the thinking. They're, they're, they're directly correlated. And so the result reinforces the wrong thinking because it gave you an outcome that, that verified your original thinking. Does yeah. this make sense to you? Yeah, it's, I used to think bad. of it as competing commitments and limiting belief systems. Like within that system, the code works. Like everything equates one plus one equals two, but that you're never going to get right. one plus one equals 50. Like it still equates. It's just you're bought into a process. I love it. Keep going. This is yeah, like, it, you're exactly this right. Is it equates it. the math problem always works. The problem is it, it maybe gives you results you don't want, which is most people, right? If we're being honest, most people are living lives that are far less than what they're capable of living. They're making far less impact. They have far less happiness. Where does it start? Does it yeah. start with the results? Like I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking out of the T-bar uh, equation you created. It's like, where do you yeah. ask people to start? Because I, even as you're saying that, it's, what I'm thinking about is like, a lot of people that aren't happy most of the time aren't happy because they are trying to do and get something that's not even part of their what they really want. Yeah. That's a great question, Daniel. And the answer is really twofold. Where do you start? And and where you start is by being an objective reality and being able to say where I am is not where I want to be. Okay? And that really that that, that is a form of a standard Okay, somebody in your life is a standard bearer that's showing you a better way, a higher level of possibility, and you're comparing that against where you are, okay, and not dismissing it, not saying, well, they're lucky, they had better this, this is just not for me, but being able to, to look at this and say, there's clearly other levels possible, how did they get there? And so when we're able to look at where we are and say, this is not where I want to be, but clearly there's a way to be there because others are there. Others have done it. And so I need to start discovering why, right? So, so that sort of standard of awareness that says, hey, the things are not as I want them to be, but they could be because there's numerous other people who are there who have what I want. Hmm. And so so clearly there must be a path there. It's not an isolated incident. Gosh, and if people big... could really ca- – I hope that everyone listening is going to catch this, Ian. I mean, I've got two pages and, of notes. I mean, this is the stuff. And most people won't. Most people won't, Daniel, because they're so busy reinforcing their own limiting beliefs and reinforcing their current thinking pattern that they're they're not open to the possibility that their thinking and their belief systems are wrong and they're hurting themselves and guess what like that's right ian prockner is one of them daniel is one of them like he, ian has to wake up every day and choose the right thoughts because at any moment you can be derailed from the t-bar process right that ends that, up like that's right it's not like you're a super person or someone else is super it's like it's it's you have to make it a religion for you that you're going to protect the dream the 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 destiny the right that that's what i'm hearing well here's the good news daniel is it almost is a religion to everybody their own thinking (laughs) their own beliefs that's so true actions that's so true it's 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 appears to be right remember it's the one plus one is two this looks right to me this series of thinking beliefs actions and results 
looks right because it is right. It's exactly, the results are exactly what should have been created by the thinking, belief, and action. So it is right. The question is, was the thinking right to begin with? The, 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 the closed hmm. circle is accurate. The question is, is it, is it what we want? And if it's not what we want, then what we need to do is we need to, to start examining the thinking and beliefs of people that do have what we want and seeing where and how they're different and understanding that their success in whatever area is a byproduct of their thinking and beliefs. My thinking is different from theirs in these ways, and that's what's creating our differences. And if I can get my thinking in alignment with the thinking and the thought processes of people who are where I want to be, have the results I want to have in those areas, then we start producing the belief systems and the actions that go along with it. Say that last part one more time. So when, when we start, when, when we can look at a model, so to speak, you know, person A that has what we would like to achieve in some area of our life, what we can do is we can, by reading their books, by talking to them, if you're lucky enough to have access to one of these people, by watching their videos, we can begin to understand their thinking, their thinking processes. Well, their thinking processes are creating their beliefs, their actions, and their results. And they're probably quite different than our thinking processes. And so that's really where we start, going back to your question. The second place we start is we start by doing an autopsy, so to speak, on the differences between their thinking, our thinking. That's it. Mirror the thinking processes of successful people who have what you want. That's what I wrote down. That's right. Because the byproduct actions are going to happen automatically, right? So I tell people this all the time. In my business, I never felt like my business was work. Now, many, many, many people who are involved in my business feel like the business is work. I never felt it was work. I did work. I worked a lot. It never felt like work because it was the byproduct of my belief that what I did would cause me to have the things I wanted, right? So, so the work was just kind of part of who I was. I didn't need to think about it. I didn't need to make a decision about it every day. It, it, it created naturally as a byproduct of the underlying belief that if I do this work and if I do a lot of it, if I do it well, I'm going to have everything I want. I believe that so thoroughly, Daniel, that, that the work, the taking action, it just was kind of what I did. And I think if you talk to a lot of greats in any field, like nobody had to poke and prod them to practice and do this. They just loved it. I watched a movie um, that was uh, doing like a little mini documentary on Pele and Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan and these greats. And, you know, they were talking to Wayne Gretzky and and he said, you know, my parents didn't have to tell me to stay home and practice because finals are coming up. They didn't have to coax me into not going to the movies with my friends. I wanted to shoot pucks. That's what I wanted to do more than right. anything else. I, I, nobody had time. to tell me to do it yep. because I loved it. I it was a the action was a byproduct of the of the love of the game and the belief in in what he might become there. And so, so that's, you know, again, most people are fixated on trying to put a fix to the action, but that's a conscious willpower decision. And that's no match for the subconscious T-bar system you have going on in your life 24-7. Sooner or later, you're going that. back there. It's all about Sooner the subconscious. Sooner or later, you're going 
It is. Yeah, sooner yeah. or later, you're going back there. So why don't we start designing that on purpose? Wow, so good. Okay, so I've got a few more minutes here with you. I want to I wanna poke a few questions that are just, I've got so many. <laughs> this is so killer. Uh, and everybody, I already picked my book up here. It's arriving tomorrow. Amazon Prime makes it very easy. <laughs> it's got the buy it now button. I just did it. So uh, we'll put the link here right below as well. Um, but there's two things as I you know get older, I realize that there is such a process and commitment to the time, even when you love something. And the patience in this instantaneous gratification culture, right? So the first sure. question I have is how long and how many years do you tell people that they need to be faithful with this process? And is it, you know, look at it for five years and do it for five years and look at it at a month at a time. So let's talk about that. And then the second thing I want you to talk about is, and we don't have to go deep into this. We, I can ask it again later is, is what about when people know they need to change, but they really legitimately don't know how? They, they, they okay. know what they need to change, but it's just paralysis by analysis or the fear of change or like, you know, just making those micro habits. Let's talk about those two yeah. things. So Daniel, you're going to open a can of worms here and you may not like the answer I'm about to give you to, to, to question one, but I believe it's 100% true. And that goes back to your belief system about time. Well, how long should something take? And I think that the better question is, what is your belief about how long something should take and whether it's worth it? So here's, here's my belief system. Okay. Imagine success is at one side of the room and you're standing at the other. Okay. As long as you continue moving in the direction of success on the other side of the room, every interval of time you measure, you will be closer to where you wanted to go than you were before. Right. The only thing that will change that, Daniel, is how quickly you're moving, right? Does that make sense? So my belief was this. It's going to take however long it, it's going to take, but it will be worth it when I get there. So what does it matter to me exactly how long it takes? I can do things to speed it up. I can, I can get better more wow, rapidly. Wow, that's freaking awesome. I can, I can awesome. fail more rapidly. <laughs> I can, I can do things to speed it up, but at the end of the day, if I've got a time frame on my commitment to success, I might as well quit now. Okay. Because really what that belief is, is it's worth it if I can have it in this period of time, right? It's worth it. If I can have it in this, it's worth it. If it only costs this much and success is not a garage sale, Daniel, uh, where you get to barter with the price. It just costs what it costs. And so we do everything in our power to speed up that, that time frame to do, you know, the faster you learn, the more you read, the more you're around those people who are standard bearers in your life, the faster you can eliminate negative thinking, the faster you can reprogram better thinking, the faster you're going to get there. But I would, I would challenge that thinking. How long should you say it takes? Daniel, improvement is lifelong. We're either growing That's or we're dying, right? And so who cares how long it takes? As long as I'm getting better methodically and systematically, my byproduct of result is going to continue getting better as well, right? You can't get better as a person, develop better habits, better processes, better actions, and not eventually get better results. Yeah. Right. But, but if you believe that you might be able to do all those things and at the end of a certain time, still not have the result, 
that's that goes back to the thinking and belief errors. Well, and you may be looking at the time rather than just looking at the actual thoughts and beliefs. And so you're focusing on the wrong sure. thing in general. I like that. That's Yeah, you could you could spend a thousand years thinking the wrong thoughts and never get the right result. <laughs> right? So so the timing is really a separate thing. Uh, question number two is what would I say to somebody who really does want to change, but they're just not sure how they're just not sure how, right? Uh, and that again, goes back to getting, getting examples that you can look at, getting accountability, getting a coach, maybe somebody who could see the blind spot in, in the book, I talk about something called the Johari window and it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. But it's, it's a concept of who we are as a human being. There's four pieces to us, right? There's the known self. This is known to us and known to other people. It's who we are. It's our natural state. It's, it's you know, if, you, if somebody asked you about me, you'd say, oh, yeah, Ian, this, this, and this, right? And if they asked me about it, I would agree. We both know that about us, right? Okay. And then there is this, you know, facade or facade almost, right? The, this is who we portray ourselves to be, but we know that that's not really us. This is our social media persona. This is our stage name. This is who we want others to believe we are, but we're not really that, right? Then there's this sort of mysterious quadrant that's unknown to us and unknown to others. It's some future iteration of us. Maybe it's a, a hobby we'll really like in the future, but we haven't gotten there yet, and so we, we don't know we'll like it, and nobody else knows we'll like it either, and that's not really useful, okay? The useful part of the Johari window, Daniel, it goes into this, how do I change, is this is the part that's known to others, but not to us. This is the interrupter, right? The interrupter does not see anything wrong with their behavior, yet everybody would say, mm, that that lady rubs me a little wrong. She just constantly interrupts everybody. And so anybody who is close to this person would know that that person interrupts, but the interrupter doesn't seem to know, right? It's like, you know, have you ever met somebody who smelled really bad, right? And you're like, gosh, you smell terrible, but clearly it's not bothering them, right? Like right. they're not aware of that. Okay. Well, well, this is, this is, paramount to change. If we don't know where to start, I promise you there are people who are close to you that do. <laughs> there are yeah. people who are close to you, a spouse, a parent, a best friend, and you need to have a truth teller in your life that'll say, hey, you know what, Ian, I, I, I hear what you're trying to accomplish here, and I think that this one or two things is maybe a good place to start. Maybe it's a good place to start. Maybe it's the interrupter. And a great place to start, well, I could just try to not interrupt, right? And then in every conversation, all I'm doing is trying not to interrupt. I'm not even listening to you. I'm just trying not to interrupt, right? Okay, because I'm trying to change the action, right? And said, maybe we go and look at the thinking and the belief. Why do I feel that I need to speak in order right. to be important? Right. Why do I feel that what I have to say is more important than what other people have to say? Why do I feel that listening to understand is not as important as listening to talk? And we start asking some of these tough questions. We start getting answers about ourselves that we may or may not like, but that now we have the ability to change. We have the ammunition to change. We can see some of those ugly things we like to hide away, 
pretend that aren't there that are stopping us from being all that we could be. And that forces us to face them head on and make the necessary changes. Wow. I mean, my gosh, that is killer. That is so good. What a great place to end this for everybody else. And if you're listening now, Ian, where can they get the book? You know, how do they connect with you? Uh, what would you kind of give them as next steps and instructions after listening to this if they're feeling prompted? Absolutely. Well, the first thing I would tell you is this, is get the book, right? Because those who don't read are not any better off than those who can't read, okay? So so get the book <laughs> and, and take a deep dive into it. And this is a rereader. It's very easy. It's very simply written. But it's going to take a time or two or three to really go get everything out of it. And there's some great exercises there. It's not a workbook by any stretch of the imagination, but there, there are some exercises in there to help people take action on what they're learning. Okay, the second thing that I would tell them is to keep their eyes open for the master class, the e-course that will be releasing here shortly. Uh, that's really going to be a deep dive into these concepts, right? It's like, you know, there's only so much you, yeah, there's yeah. only so much you can say in a book. You know what I mean? And, and, and you've got to say it in certain ways that the sentences all come together. This is, you know, the uncut, the unfiltered, the deep dive into the concepts of the book, right? Uh, the third thing that I tell you to do is connect with me on Instagram at Ian Pruckner. Uh, that's I-A-N-P-R-U-K-N-E-R, at Ian Pruckner. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not on either of those as much as Instagram. Uh, but you shoot me a message. I try my absolute best to respond to people. But you know what? This is this stuff, it's not fluff. It's not some idea. It's not a hypothesis. You know, this is what I use to take myself, Daniel. When we first met, I was making $27,000 a year to making an excess of a million dollars a year in recurring income a decade later, right? Um, this is exactly what I use to transform my own life and exactly what I've used to transform the lives of literally thousands of people who follow me for leadership and, um, and coaching and wisdom. And, you know, th there's just so much in here. It's so good. Get the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, you just go type in byproduct, Ian Pruckner, Stick that in Google. You'll find it. Uh, it's simple enough to get. And, you know, read that thing. Reread it. Mark it up. Take notes. Great minds think on paper. Take notes. Don't just think yep. about it. Write about it. Right? Dig deep and start doing some of that transformative work. It's really a fantastic tool for that. Wow. All right. Well, Ian, I can't thank you enough. I feel like every time I do a podcast with you, uh, every time I talk with you, man, I'm just like, there's a fire that's lit inside of me on this process. And it's all about awareness, right? And so half of this is if you've listened to this now and there's a new awareness, I think somebody listen and you know, you've got to do something, you know, you've got to go take action on something, you know, you've got to shift your life experiences in some ways and then go after these belief systems, start with the book, start connecting and start sharing, start talking about what you know you need to do. And uh, Ian, thanks for spending time with us here, man. So thankful to Daniel. have you. Always a pleasure. Congratulations on all your success and all the things you're doing to change the world. You really are making our world a better place. Proud to be your friend and uh, love you, buddy. And we'll talk soon. All right, everyone. If you've listened to this, share this podcast out with a friend or family member and see you on the next Art of Success.
I hope you're more successful in life because of this episode from The Art of Success. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe for the future updates on other episodes released. Also, if you've enjoyed what you heard today, share The Art of Success with a friend, colleague, or family member. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.